whoo, baby, the Boston Celtics blow the doors off the Brooklyn Nets. Part of it's because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are finally realizing exactly what their full potential can be. And does this streak really have an impact on the trade deadline decisions? I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, thank you for making this Locked On Celtics podcast part of your daily routine. It's a Monday through Friday podcast and your first listen every day. I really do appreciate that. Locked On Celtics, it's free. It's available everywhere podcasts exist and it's on YouTube. Please watch the show on YouTube. I'd really appreciate it. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal and I've written a book called the Boston Celtics, Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I'm also one of the media voters in the recently released Boston Celtics 75th anniversary team. I'm coming to you after the Boston Celtics beat the Brooklyn Nets 126 to 91 in utter domination. They came out to a 28 to 2 start to the game, which is outrageous, outrageous to start 28 to 2. A level of relentlessness that I have never seen from this particular Celtics team, more so than what they did against Orlando, more so than what they did against Sacramento. This was that first six minutes or so of the game, seven minutes or so, was just utter, ridiculous Celtics doing everything right, nothing going right at all for the Brooklyn Nets. It was insane to watch. My favorite stretch of basketball for this season from the Celtics. Later on in the third segment, I'll get into some of the stuff because it was addressed after the game. Will this streak, will this stretch of basketball impact what the Celtics do at the trade deadline? We talked about it yesterday a little bit with Tom Westerholm. We're going to touch on it some more here after Emi Doka's comments. Second segment, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They are slowly realizing their full potential. We saw, I think, in this game, some of what we're hoping the Celtics will be offensively when they play all of the good teams again and when they're playing at their absolute best. That's going to be in the second segment. Let's just get more into the game here in this first segment. The Celtics, again, 28-2 to run, which was just uh, a, an insane little stretch. Fueled by Jalen Brown, who was in the middle of everything, in that six-minute stretch, Jalen himself scored 12 points and dished out two assists. At one point, it was a 12-2 Jalen Brown run over the Brooklyn Nets. He comes out, first quarter Jalen, right? That's that's uh, what he's, he's becoming known for. 22 points on the night, 12 of them in that first six-minute stretch, and it was a, a, a dominant performance from Jalen, partly operating in the wake of Jason Tatum. This is the yin and yang. And again, I'm going to, I want to save this for the second segment, but this is the yin and yang of 
having Tatum, having Brown, where Tatum draws a bunch of the attention and you're going to have to pick one. And then Brown's like, yeah, you want to pick him? (laughs) By all means, I can come out here and dominate you if you want to send two guys to him. So that's what he did. And and the Celtics come out and and put it on him for 28 to two. The the Nets did answer with, I think it was 11-0 run. And that was part of uh, the bench coming in. And, and, you know, look, you relax. You you, you smack this team around. And let's start. let, let Let me add this. Brooklyn, nowhere near themselves, right? No KD, no Harden, no Kyrie, no Joe Harris, no Nick Claxton. Uh, very much a G League version of the Nets. So I'm certainly not making a big deal of, oh, wow, the Celtics beat the Nets. Uh, it does somehow, it'll boost their record against teams over 500. So when when we look at the over 500, under 500, there, there is a little grain of salt to be taken here. However, it's, it's one of the things that we've been waiting for from the Celtics. And, you know, it, it's hard to... Remember, I think for some people, but remember earlier in the year, the knock on the Celtics was, well, they play down to their competition. They'll play up and play good teams. Well, they beat Milwaukee, they beat Miami and people said, yeah, well, yeah, they play up for the good teams. They get up for the good teams. Of course they can beat the good teams when they, when they're fully engaged, but they play down to the bad teams. Why can't the Celtics beat the bad teams? Let's see some progress there. And now we're seeing some progress. Six wins in a row. Uh, they're they're on a big a big stretch of of good basketball. And now it's like, well, all you're doing is beating the bad teams. But yeah, they haven't beaten the bad teams in forever, and they struggled against the bad teams. And they played down to the bad teams, and now they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're ripping them to shreds. This Brooklyn Nets team is not going to be the Brooklyn Nets team that it's the, certainly not the one that beat the Celtics before, torched them, blew them the hell out. Uh, it's not going to be the Brooklyn Nets team they'll face again moving forward when when they have Durant and Harden and Kyrie. They're going to be a completely different animal. So, but this is what you're supposed to do. This is what teams do against bad competition. You beat them. You look across the East, up and down the East. I shared the standings on Twitter. You look up and down the East, everybody, every team in the East, no one has more than uh, a one or two. I think it might even be one game over 500 record against teams above 500. Every team in the East, Milwaukee, Miami, all the good teams at the top, Cleveland in the crazy run that they have, all of those good teams at the top, they have 20-some-odd wins against the less than 500 teams. That's how they get there. You're supposed to dominate those teams and split the games against the good the good teams, and that's how you have a great record, right? So this is what the Celtics are doing. The Celtics, they had a lull when the bench came in here in the second quarter, but after Schroeder came out and after Richardson came out and they put the starters back in, the Celtics starters were phenomenal. I mean, the plus minuses here, uh, Marcus Smart plus 40, Jalen Brown plus 40. The Celtics had a lead. Their biggest lead of the game was 35. Jalen and Marcus were plus 40. Schroeder and Richardson were both minus 13s. Schroeder especially uh, was, I think, problematic. When he came in, everything stalled. In second quarter, 
the Celtics had their their big lead, their 26-point lead. Then they gave up that 11-0 run. And in the second quarter, it got down to like 12 or 13. And Schroeder came out. And then all of a sudden, when it was Smart and Jalen and Rob that came back into the game, all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. They started piling up the points again. And that's that's the story of the Celtics, which sets me up for that third segment where how much help do they really need? Where's is this a mirage? Is are, are the Celtics going to get tricked into not doing something? So that that again is all coming up later. The Celtics starters were phenomenal. Tatum was you know look pedestrian numbers: nineteen points, five rebounds, four assists, one steal. I thought he played a great game. He played a great game in this. Um, Jalen, we talked about Robert Williams. Six of nine, 11 rebounds, three blocks, six offensive rebounds and assists the steal. He, he was a real threat. He just kept catching lobs. They didn't know what to do. He, he was such a threat. And whenever the, the Nets made a mistake, he was there to capitalize on it. Marcus Smart, six of 13. I don't know if you, he, he took six, uh, I'm sorry, 13 three-pointers all week. Smart, I, I compared this to some like a cheat day on a diet. Smart has been so focused on uh, moving the ball, getting the assists, limiting his shots. In this game, when they were doubling Jalen, when they were doubling uh, Jason, and there was that overflow offense and the ball moved and he got it, he was like, you know what? I'm shooting this. I'm shooting this one. And he hit half his three-pointers. Like, Well, I mean, he took 13, so there's no half. He can't hit six and a half, but he hit six. Um, and on top of that, on top of scoring 22 points and hitting like half his shots, he guarded Patty Mills. Patty Mills crushed the Celtics the first time around. And in this game, Patty Mills, five points on two of eight shooting. So not only points added for Marcus Smart, the points he saved against Patty Mills. So that's really the story of the game. The Celtics got garbage time minutes for like the entire fourth quarter, which might be the, the, the best thing out of this. Jason Tatum, 27 minutes. Robert Williams, 27 minutes. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. They, they both played the exact... Marcus and Jalen came in and out at the same time. They both played 27 and a half minutes. No one played more than that. That's that's exactly what the Celtics need. Now they get two days off to play Denver. That's going to be a big game. Denver just... Uh, I think they just smacked the hell out of somebody uh, tonight. Let me look at these scores here real quick. Denver Nuggets. Did they play... Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just missing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 132-115 over the New York Knicks. Smack the hell out of the Knicks. So that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one and a real test to see what happens on Friday. But Celtics, the story of this game against Brooklyn was starting five was awesome. Came out focused. Really, really focused. Defended like crazy. Um, passed the ball well. 32 assists. I've got a great assist number coming up for the Celtics coming up uh, after the break. Uh, they did everything. That first quarter, that first 28-2 run, like literally everything was going right. Shots were falling. They were defending. The ball was moving. The players were moving. Everything you wanted encapsulated in that, that first half of the first quarter. Keep doing that all season long. You know, it's not going to go exactly that way, but Playing with that pace, that effort, that energy, play like that every night, you're going to be fine. Celtics will be fine if they play like that every night.
Tatum and Brown were the real stars of this game um, in in a way that doesn't show up in the in the um, box score. But we'll get to that next. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app. Plenty of people who have I've talked to in the arena have told me they love this app and it's the thing is it's very easy to use you pick two to five players with an over under on their projections so you can win up to 10 times on any entry the best part this is my favorite part of it it's you against the points it's you against the numbers it's you against what you've picked not you against a guy with 10 you know computers and algorithms and all that craziness no you go in you make your picks it takes like 60 seconds to make a picks make your picks it's safe it's offer they offer fast withdrawals and it's easy you win you lose based on what you what you've chosen chosen so use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play prize pick, prize picks offers a variety of options any prop you can think of point scored rebounds steals mixed sport entries you can pick from you pick the Bruins, you can pick uh, from whatever. Uh, so it doesn't just offer NBA. You can go into uh, NFL, college basketball, uh, MLB when they whenever they come back. Uh, you know, pick something with the Super Bowl when they come up. So whatever, it, it's it's all there on Prize Picks. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. You get fifty dollars free if a player. In your first prize picks entry scores a single point. You have to use the promo code NBA. So with this exclusive offer is only for locked on fans. Sign up today, use the code NBA, $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Want to make sure you're ready for the trade deadline show Thursday, starting at two o'clock. It's me, it's Josh Lloyd, it's Kim Becker, it's Antonio Daniels, former NBA player. Analysis of every blockbuster move, including the analysis of the CJ McCollum trade that just happened, the uh, Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis trade that just happened. That's all going to happen on this trade deadline show. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA YouTube page so you can get this show starts Thursday at 2 o'clock through the deadline. Analysis up till about 4 o'clock or so, whenever we're done there. So turn the notifications on so you know when we go live. Uh, Boston Celtics passing is one of the, the crucial stories of this game. The passing was phenomenal. And it's not just the 32 assists. The Celtics, here's my here's that assist stat that I was mentioning. The Celtics have 32 assists in this game, seven games this season with 30-plus assists. Four of them have come in this stretch of wins. So the passing is on point. Again, it's not that the Celtics are beating these teams. It's how they're beating these teams. You're going to sit there and tell me, well, the Celtics are just beating bad competition. That is not necessarily just the case. That's not the only thing. Because what the insinuation there is, the Celtics are playing the same way, and then they're just beating worse competition. 
That is not true. It's 100% false. The Celtics are not playing the same way. The Celtics are playing a lot differently. If you're not sitting there and noticing the pace, you're not noticing the defensive effort, you're not noticing the passing, then I would suggest you watch these games a bit more closely because they are playing differently. They are playing better. And the thing that I saw in this game that a lot of people saw in this game, it's the passing out of the double teams. Tatum and Brown drawing two, giving the ball up. We've talked about this over and over again on the podcast. But in this game, drawing two, kick, and the ball moving and finding the right guy. This is a very important development here. And the fact that this was the best, I think, version of the Celtics drawing two, kicking it, swing, swing, score, is the Celtics, I think, are, are starting to get, they're starting to fully realize their potential. They're also starting to fully realize what they're capable of. That Tatum and Brown, okay, you look at the box score and you say, hey, we're almost playing too well because I'm only scoring 19 points and I'm sitting for the whole fourth quarter. But we know that's not going to be, that's not always going to be the case. These guys are going to get their, their shots. They're going to get their opportunities. But also, every once in a while, it's really nice to lay the hammer down early, play the right way, and play 27 minutes versus 37, 38, 39 minutes. Get a rest for the whole fourth quarter. Chill out, relax, laugh on the bench. Cheer on NSK Freedom taking a three-pointer. Maybe the final shot he's ever going to hit for the Boston Celtics. Fingers crossed. Um, but that's more fun than anything that the Celtics had been doing previous to this stretch, where against bad teams, they would fall behind in the first quarter and they would have really crappy starts. Remember that? It's like a, a different version of this team. Remember earlier this season when the Celtics' first quarters were absolute abominations and they could just never get started. They could never get going. And now all of a sudden they're just demolishing teams right out of the gate. That was a thing. So Tatum and Brown, we saw multiple examples and I highlighted this on uh, my game report at Boston sports journal. Tatum drawing two in one play kicks it over to Al Horford Horford. The attention now what happens is, I wish I could, people have mentioned this on the YouTube page. I wish I could illustrate this with, with the visuals on the YouTube page. I can't. We don't have the rights to the game. But so Tatum has the ball. He draws two people. Then he passes it off to an Al Horford. One of those guys that's double teamed Tatum has to now go and find his guy, right? He's got to go find somebody else. He's got to turn, identify somebody on the floor and go, that's where I got to go find my guy. That's where um, I, that's the open person. By the time he identifies that guy, that guy should be moving. And if it was Jalen Brown, if, if the Celtics have rotated to a point where all of a sudden somehow Jalen Brown gets the ball on the move open, then they're screwed. And that's what Tatum did. Get the ball over to Horford. Jalen's cutting down the middle. 
boom, get the ball to him, layup. There are a couple of times there where he just gets the ball to Jalen. There's one play, and, and a key element to this is learning how to draw those double teams. Tatum gets the ball, takes a couple steps, like, oh, takes a couple dribbles back, like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, please don't double team me. Oh, no, boom, here's the pass to Jalen Brown. Sucka. Now that defense is drawn further out to half court. Now, by the time he turns and identifies the guy's like, oh, I got to run all the way over there. Uh-uh. That takes an extra two seconds to go run that far. By that time, you're playing four on three. My favorite one, my absolute favorite one, I'll wrap it up with this. Jalen Brown gets the ball on a cross-court pass and a shot that I think if he took it, people would have accepted that shot. But they send two. He waits. They send two. He kicks it over. It goes to Josh Richardson, over to Horford, into uh, Robert Williams, back out to Horford, back out top to Jalen Brown. Now, Jalen Brown gets a wide, wide open shot. He misses the shot, but it gets fouled. and gets three free throws. Give the ball up. Trust your teammates. You might get the ball back, which is what Jalen Brown did. These lessons that the, the, the Jays are learning, that if we do the right thing, the game is easier. I can still get my shots. I can still get my numbers. I can st- we can affect the winning the same way. And eventually, teams are going to start saying, we can't double these guys. We can't. You, who, are you going to really blitz Jason Tatum when, Jay, when Jalen Brown's on the floor? Or, or vice versa? Are you really going to take one of your defenders out of that mix when the other guy's out there and if, if they play it right, that they could pull your defense further out of position and you're going to play four on three with, with Jalen or Jason as one of the four. You really want to go that route? You sure? I don't think so. That's what's going to happen next. Keep punishing. There's a long-term play here. Keep punishing when they double team you keep making the right play. Now, maybe you sacrifice two points, three points, four points a game. Do that now because when teams say, well, whenever he gets doubled, he gives it up and they rotate and they 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 move the ball and they score. We can't double. We got to do something different. We got to throw a different defense out there. We can't blitz as often as we want to blitz. When you do that, then what happens in the playoffs? The, the more you put that doubt in another team's head, the more you have the potential for single coverage and for uh, more openings for your best players. So that was really good to see. I know it was against Brooklyn. I know, but the lessons are still the lessons. Up next, what lesson has the front office learned from this stretch? Ime Odoka addressed that, and I'm going to talk about that next. First, I'm going to talk about Built Bar, which is my absolute favorite protein bar, my favorite protein bar that I've ever, ever had. I used to have a competing built bar, a competing protein bar, which wasn't really competing at the time because built bar didn't exist back then. I used to have one every morning for breakfast before I went to work. Now I can have a built bar in the morning and know that if I'm running late, if I'm running out to a practice, if I'm running out to whatever, an interview or something like that, I can grab a built bar and grab my coffee. Coffee in a built bar is a fine breakfast for me. And in, you know, that'll get me through what I need to get through. Thing about the built bar, 
is that 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Are you on a New Year's resolution? Are you trying to lose a couple of pounds? That's also me, very much me right now. Trade deadline me is looking to, I <laughs> trust me, lots, <laughs> lots of food that I'd, I'd probably prefer not to eat around the trade deadline. So Built Bar is gonna help me because it's gonna cut down on my snacking here. I'm starting to eat Built Bars instead of a candy bar the candy bar is 240 calories. I don't want that. So tons of great flavors, tons of other things too. Built Puffs, have you ever heard of Built Puffs? It's like a protein infused marshmallow. If you like that, get a Built Puff. There are plenty of options at Built Bar. You go to built.com, cruise through. All of the nutrition information's on the, on the site. They're not hiding anything. You can see all the values there. If you're on a keto diet, it works. If you've got a nut allergy, there are plenty of options for you. They all taste great. Any kind of flavor thing that you like, fruity, minty, peanut buttery. It's all there. Built.com and the promo code LOCK15 works every single time. You can order as many times as you want. Stock up, sample, whatever. LOCKED15 gets 15% off every order at Built.com. How about we go with something savory? My friends at Crack Sauce are also sponsoring the show. C-R-A-I-C, Crack Sauce. When you think of hot sauce, I know you think of like Basically, peppers, vinegar, and something that's going to make you cry when you eat it. Maybe that's what you want. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's all you need. But when you love the heat in your food and you want to have a little extra kick, a little extra flavor, a little extra something, crack sauce is the answer. Because you're not just going to squeeze that bottle of red into anything that you're making. But crack sauce has four different options that you can use as an ingredient in your cooking. It's really great. If you know anybody that wants hot sauce, that loves hot sauce, this is a great gift. You got Mother's Day, Father's Day coming up. Parents, you know, you, if your your mom or dad loves uh, a little bit of heat in their food, this is a great little gift, a unique gift. Best part for me here, Celtics season ticket holder. They make this in Lowell, Massachusetts. They use local ingredients, their own farm and other local farms local residents, local people working. They're part of your community here in Massachusetts. Support a Celtic season ticket holder who's making a great, great product. Support the local farms and, and satellite businesses that benefit here. They use 10 to 20 ingredients in some of these bottles. Hell, if you sign up for their newsletter, you'll learn how to make some of this stuff. You'll get really great stuff, cooking classes, inside stuff that they they really are great local kind of community rallying around hot sauce and they make some of the best hot sauces i've ever had golden pumpkin 40 shades of green chili the mill city red the brian burroughs curry mill city red is that that louisiana style hot sauce that i was talking about before they got that too but they also have this other stuff check it out cracksauce.com c-r-a-i-c cracksauce.com for 10 percent off use the promo code locked on uh, it's a great product. I suggest you try it. So the Boston Celtics are 8-1 and one since Marcus Smart came back to the lineup. They are now in a virtual tie for six, just percentage points behind the Toronto Raptors. They're a couple of games out of fifth. It's not inconceivable that they could go face the Philadelphia 76ers next week in a game that could put them in fifth heading into the All-Star break. Imagine having gone through everything the Celtics have gone through. And going into the All-Star break, fifth in the East. When coming into this season, we said fourth or fifth is probably going to be where they land. It would be a very 
roundabout way for them to get to this point, but it would be where we expected them to be. And this opens up this, this debate and, and Tom and I West Tom Westerholm and I touched on this yesterday a bit, but what lessons have the front office learned about this team? You got a team that's now best in the East in point differential. They're the second best defense. They have the fourth best net rating for the year. For the year, they have that. Their defensive rating is second. Okay. They're tied with Cleveland. Cleveland, the, the, what are they now? A game, game and a half out of first. Celtics have, they're tied with them for net rating and they're 0.1 ahead of them in offensive rating. Celtics and the Cavaliers numbers are almost even as far as offensive defensive rating. The, their, their point differential is best in the East, 4.6. Um, it's, they're, they're right there, right? They're right there. So what does that do for Brad Stevens? The, does Brad Stevens, has he looked past, and he's good at this, so he might have. He doesn't fall victim to the ball going in or not going in. So if he sees a team playing the right way and the ball not falling, he's like, that's fine. That'll even itself out. Because every team has a, a game where you play right and you lose because shots didn't fall. It's like, I'm a blackjack player. And, you know, when, when the dealer is showing a, a, a four and you've got, you know, you know, you've got like a, a nine, you want to double down. Like you, you play, you take that, you do what you got to do, right? You, you make the right play. And sometimes you lose, you split aces and sometimes you lose, you, you know, double down on 11. Sometimes you get a four and you lose that. That's sometimes you make the right play and you lose that happens. The Celtics have not been making the right plays for a long stretch of the season. And then they still lost. So where does that put them? Ime Odoka was asked about that. And he said, in, in part, we're happy with how we're playing, happy with what the guys are doing. And seeing our full group together now, I'm sure it changed some of the conversation based on what we're doing lately. That's about the trade deadline. I still think Schroeder is gone. I still think he's done. Um, and I think this game is, if there's any proof that you, you look no further than this game, because everything was going right, then Schroeder came in and it stopped. Then Schroeder got out and he, it went right again. Like that is pretty clear. It was pretty obvious that that was going on. But at the same time, there is a level of like the Celtics have to prove it. The Celtics do have to prove something here. And they do have to prove that they are this good, that they can keep playing this way when they face adversity. It's one thing to, to do this against the bad teams. And yes, they're supposed to do this against the bad teams. But there's no real strong punch back from these guys. Detroit, Orlando, this version of Brooklyn, they they made runs, but you know Sacramento didn't make a run. Those teams don't have a whole lot of fight back, or even if they want to fight back, there's not much there. 
Celtics can come out against Denver and play great in the first eight minutes again. They can do that against Atlanta. But those teams have a little bit of fight back. And you can't, like, you really can't slack against Jokic and expect a whole lot to go right. You know, if you give Jokic an opportunity, he's going to burn you. So you do have to prove it. But it's very curious to see, like, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the next however many hours until the trade deadline, whenever you're listening to this, is impacted by this streak. Personally, I think I've always thought that this trade deadline is going to be Schroeder goes out for picks, ancillary moves to get under the, tr- the, the luxury tax, and then play the periphery. Maybe you get a, a, a role player. As I said yesterday, with my conversation with Tom, I don't think you trade Richardson. I think if you are on the fence, if Brad Stevens is on the fence about Richardson, you keep Richardson now. Um, I might have been more open to moving him before, but I think now, even though he had a bad game, I think the history has shown that the Celtics kind of need him, rely on him a little bit more. Keep him. And if you clear out some space, you clear out Schroeder's contract, and there's a $6 million guy out there that needs to be moved as part of a three-team trade, then you can kind of like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll take that guy. You got exceptions. You can bring that guy in. Keep a roster spot open. Maybe you get a buyout guy that'd be intriguing. Something that sends the message to Jalen and Jason. Hey, you know what? We, we want to be able to give you guys that support. So clear a, clear a roster spot or two. Um, scan the buyout market. Get comfortably under the tax. Keep your flexibility. Make your bigger move over the summer. And if you can get in a guy as part of a three-team deal, that's interesting and might play. That gives you some depth. Sure, do that. If you can get a buyout guy, there are there's going to be a lot of competition for buyout guys. There's no doubt about that. And you got to remember that these these capped out teams can can sign these uh, buyout guys to minimum contracts. They they still have the right to do that. So there's going to be competition there. But maybe there is a buyout guy that the Celtics can get. I think that's going to be that's still my expectation. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if after the deadline, this stretch has changed anybody's mind. Well, I'm sure we'll hear from Brad Stevens for, for, uh, the first time in a while as you know, that's not on the radio anyway. So I will be here for you whenever he speaks to the media. Uh, make sure you're subscribed again. I'm going to do Thursday is going to be a busy day. Thursday will be the trade deadline show on the, um, Locked on NBA channel starting at two. Make sure you uh, listen to that live. Uh, I'm sure it will go out again as a as an audio feed. Uh, we'll make sure to share that with you when that does. Uh, I will have my own podcast here wrapping up what the Celtics do uh, accomplish at the deadline. So that's coming up uh, this week. So plenty. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're not subscribed, please do. If you are subscribed. Please share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family. Shows on YouTube, make sure that they should listen. Tell them they should listen to and watch the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.